When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Really excited to be with you guys today. And, man, this is just a little treat. It's Monday morning uh, when we're recording this. Depending if you're joining us live, it's 125 uh, Pacific Standard Time. And what we're going to be doing is a full first-round mock draft, okay? But we, we've done these before, and I'm going to do several different mock drafts just because I think it's a great tool uh, one, to piss everybody off. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm either going to piss the 49ers fans off or I'm going to piss off another team, but that's okay. I, I don't care. I enjoy bringing sadness into the world, and maybe that's why I started this podcast anyway. But we're going to be doing a full first-round mock draft with trades, and I'm going to include compensation for those trades and why I think those trades will and should happen. So we're going to be doing the full first round. I, I think I have a total of six first round trades total. So we're going to be bouncing around a lot. So stay with us. And if you have anything for us in the chat, please uh, just go ahead and tag me. We'll jump in there on that. But without further ado, really, really excited to just, you know, just dive into this. Now, here's the deal. Why do you do these, okay? Why do you do first-round mock drafts and, you know, all this kind of stuff? One, every single NFL team does this because you play through different scenarios, okay? And it gives you a picture of what could happen. And so you don't want to keep doing the same thing. You know, you can look at, you know, they'll put out 50 different mocks and 75% yeah, of the mock drafts are going to be the exact same. Well, draft day is weird because you have 32 different GMs all doing crazy stuff. Nobody expected DK Metcalf to fall all the way to the end of the second round. Uh, you just don't expect certain things. So you try to play with some wild scenarios and what-ifs and all that stuff, and that's what we're going to do today. So without further ado, let's jump into this. 
The number one overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals are there. Now, there's been a little bit of rumor mill that some teams are somewhat interested in jumping up for Joe Burrow. But I think it's going to take a king's ransom, and the Bengals don't do things that are usually smart. <laughs> so I think they stay there and take Joe Burrow, which I think is a safe play. Joe Burrow, I do think, is the number one player in this draft uh, from the quarterback position. I think Chase Young's number one overall. But the Cincinnati Bengals stay put at number one, and they take the quarterback out of LSU, Joe Burrow. He steps in in a very... Um, very good situation actually from a skill set standpoint because of the targets that he has around. Actually, pretty solid wide receiver core. The franchise AJ Green, Joe Burrow, number one. Now, it doesn't take us long to get into our very first trade of this draft at pick number two. Okay, so you have the Washington Redskins that are sitting there at number two. You have Chase Young, who is the clear number one uh, talent, very similar to what the 49ers had last year. Now, the difference between the 49ers and the Washington Redskins, the Washington Redskins are very, very far away from a decent roster. They don't have a good roster. They don't have a playoff competing roster by any stretch. You have a new coaching staff coming in place from the Panthers. And yes, would Chase Young make this team better? 100%. But if you look at the strength of the Washington Redskins, it's the edge position. Um, So I think it would be very, very smart for them to try to let somebody jump up and swap with them and see what they could do. So now we have to look at it from the other side. What team wants to jump up and try to grab somebody sitting at number two? And who would that player be? I think Chase Young, obviously. But most top five trades, they take place because of a quarterback. So who's that quarterback? I don't think that it's Justin Herbert. I know some people like him. Um, You know, I I do have a first-round grade on him. But I have a late first-round grade. Now, quarterbacks always get pushed up the board. I think it's going to be Tua. Uh, You know, I put in a pretty big bet this week that I think Tua goes number two or number three. I really, really do. You know, he put out the video of him working out and moving lateral, and he looked really, really good. I know that's not a full medical procedure checkup. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get one of those done and release it to the teams. And But for, by all accounts, he's way ahead of where we projected him after that horrific hip injury, which is very rare. But he passes the eye test. And if you are a team, and with this coronavirus and all these things, you have to be thinking, man, there's a possibility – the draft is ta- the, the draft's happening. That's 100% happening on time, April 23rd. That's happening. But there is a possibility there's going to be perhaps delayed, perhaps not even a season at all this year. So if you need a quarterback and you're sitting there thinking, man, you know, I'm the, I'm the Dolphins. We're not winning this year. But we could secure a quarterback for the future. And even with this delayed season, that might help out even more with Tua because it gives him more time to heal. I have the Miami Dolphins jumping up to the number two spot in this mock draft, and here's what they have to give up to do it. Now, Miami's got a lot of first-round picks. Um, they've got number five and number 18, so they give up both first-round picks to jump from five to two, which is a lot, but that's not enough. You've got to give up more. You've got to dip into the 2021 season and get some of that as well. So uh, Washington, if you have the choice, if you're a Redskins fan, which I'm sorry if you are first off, but if you are, you get number five, so you're still going to get a premier talent there. You get number 18, which there's going to be some talent fall there, and a 2021 second, so two firsts and a second round pick. I think that this is a win-win for both teams. Miami jumps up, gets to a Tonga Vailoa, their quarterback for the future, and even if he is not 100% healthy, you can just sit and rest 
with him as your quarterback because you still have Josh Rosen, you still have Fitzpatrick. You allow them just to you know go into this weird 2020 season that's going to be, and you got Tua for the future once he's 100% healthy. Now, number three, dream scenario. The Detroit Lions are sitting there, and everybody has them uh, being mocked to Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. But their biggest need is not at the cornerback position. It is a big need. They traded away um, Slay, and so that's a that's a deal. But Chase Young, and in this defense, this is the perfect situation the Detroit Lions are praying somebody trades up and if for some reason the Washington Redskins stay at number two and take Chase Young look for the Lions to fall back but they don't in this mock draft because their guy is there the Detroit Lions get super lucky at number three and they take Chase Young the number one player on almost everybody's board defensive end out of Ohio State now now we're to David Gettleman, the wild, crazy person GM, number four. The New York Giants are on the clock. What are they going to do? There's a couple different options that they could go, um, but I do think that offensive tackle has to be in the mix. And this is a great offensive tackle class, especially um, at the top. I think there are three top-tier guys, four if you want to throw in Andrew Thomas, but the safest comes out of the old-school mentality school in the Iowa Hawkeyes with Kirk France there. I think David Gettleman is on that wavelength 100%, and they get the offensive tackle out of Iowa. Tristan Wirfs, I think probably the safest tackle prospect that we've had in a little while. Um, He steps in day one. You start to uh, protect the quarterback, Daniel Jones, that you overspin on. Um, He's a great run-blocking, pass-protecting guy. Absolute solid. It's not a sexy pick, but let's be honest. Dave Gettleman is the opposite of sexy, so this is a perfect pairing there. Now, back on the clock, who moved back from number two to number five, the Washington Redskins. They got their two first-rounders and a second-rounder next year, and this is just going to let them be able to pick somebody that might even be a little bit of a luxury pick, a home run swing for the fences because now you have all this built-up capital. They're going to land a stud that just makes so much sense in a Ron Rivera run defense. Isaiah Simmons, Clemson linebacker, gets to step in. And, man, you're talking about somebody that values linebackers. Look at the guys that Ron Rivera has been able to accumulate whenever he was with the Panthers. Um, obviously, Keekley, who's one of the best ever. Um Plus the two outside linebackers, they got went and got Shaq Thompson. I mean, they just got so much Thomas Davis. They've had so many guys go through there, and why not rebuild with a top uh, defensive type guy? He could play strong safety. He could play nickel corner. He could play Will linebacker. He could play Mike linebacker. You put him anywhere. So. You know, I think if, again, um, if I'm a Washington fan, I've got to love this haul because I get Isaiah Simmons at five and I'm still picking again at 13 picks. Now let's move down to number six. The Los Angeles Chargers are sitting there. Two is gone. Joe Burrow's gone. Are you happy with Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback? Um, I think you're okay with that in the 2020 season, but you've got to have another term or another backup plan just in case if somebody's there. Uh, if, if if for some reason Tyrod doesn't get you close to the playoffs, you know you're talking as a coaching staff. There's going to be major issues there. Uh, perhaps a little bit of hot seat. All those different things. They're going to go quarterback for the future out of Oregon. Justin Herbert. I think this is where he is going to land. Um, he could fall a little bit. And and here's the thing. Let's say hypothetically Justin Herbert doesn't go at six to the Chargers. You've got a free 
fall. Uh, you're going to have to have a team trade up to get him because for the first time in a long time, there are more quarterbacks on the market than there are teams. You, you have to think about it. We have two first-round quarterbacks that don't have a job right now. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Um, you've got guys just sitting out there waiting for a team to pick them up. And so if Herbert doesn't go to six uh, Los Angeles Chargers, what team is going to take him? You know, let, let's just go down the list. Carolina, they signed uh, Teddy Bridgewater to a big deal. Cardinals, absolutely not. Jacksonville, they just ran off a quarterback in Nick Foles, right? Cleveland, you got Baker. Jets, you've got Darnold. Um, I mean, you can keep going down the list. There's not that many guys. Maybe Oakland, but they just traded for and brought over uh, Mariota. So quarterback is interesting because I don't think, and again, Jordan Love, perhaps he would be a better fit here for the Chargers than Herbert, but that's a little bit more of a swing and a miss type of a pick. But quarterback for the first time, there aren't that many teams that are in dire straits for a quarterback. So that's going to be interesting. So the sixth pick, the Chargers, I do have them taking Justin Herbert, and I don't think that they have to jump up unless they want Tua and they want to try to outbid Miami, which is going to be tough. Because Miami has so much more draft capital. That's why I don't see it happening. Um, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers with the new coaching staff, Matt Rule. Um, it just a whole bunch of shakeup. You know, they went and it seemed like they were tanking. And then they went and started spending <laughs> and going after players to compete now. So uh, quite interesting. But at number seven, the Carolina Panthers stick pat. And they go get a great, tough player who should not be on the board at pick number seven overall. That's Jeff Okuda, cornerback out of Ohio State. Very clean prospect. His speed's a little bit of a concern. But just a clean prospect out of a school that has produced top-tier cornerback talent uh, for the past decade. Uh, great fit there for Matt Rule in his first year. And you got somebody on that defensive side that you can build around. There's a lot of holes. And I think that this is kind of the floor for Isaiah Simmons. You know, he went number five to Washington when they traded back in this mock. But doomsday scenario for Isaiah Simmons is this number seven pick. That would be a perfect matching. But they get a great top-tier corner here. Now, number eight, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this was where the wide receiver run was supposed to start, and perhaps it still may. Uh, but I have them go in a different direction because, you know, they were able to get, you know, probably a top three wide receiver, if not top two wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins uh, for pennies because Bill O'Brien's a moron. Uh, the, the good news is we don't have to try to guess what Bill O'Brien would do in a mock draft because he traded away all of his capital forever and he got absolutely peanuts back uh, because, again, he is a moron. If it wasn't for David Gettleman, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's worse. I still would prefer Gettleman, which is sad, uh, over Bill O'Brien. But I digress. The number eight pick, the Arizona Cardinals, they finally tried to invest some in that offensive line. They get just a freak of a human being. Makai Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. A lot of people have him lower. Um, you know, they have the offensive tackle from Alabama, Jedrick Grills, higher. But I think Makai Becton actually fits this system relatively well uh, because he's just so big that it's going to be almost impossible to get around him in this quick passing game that they have set up. So I like this fit. Um, I hate it as a 49ers fan personally, uh, but that would give us Makai Becton versus Nick Bosa for a long time coming, and that's just great football. Now, next up is the Jaguars in 
probably one of the teams that has taken the biggest or largest fall um, in the past three years. You know, they were in the AFC Championship poise. They were everybody's pick to go back to the Super Bowl and win it and all those things. That team has been blown up completely. Um, top to bottom, this franchise has turned into an absolute joke. Um, but I do think that they ripped off the Rams and sending, you know, um, their corner over there, Jalen Ramsey's, and getting two draft first round picks back. But I have them getting a cornerback here. This might be a little early for some, but it's a perfect fit. The Jacksonville Jaguars stay put at number nine, and they get cornerback from Florida, very clean prospect, CJ Henderson. Um, he is a guy that could step in and start for a decade. Uh, you love the length. He's from you know Florida down there. It's going to be a perfect fit, close to home. Uh, good kid, quiet kid, and I think that he's going to. He's literally the antithesis to what Jalen Ramsey is. Um, C.J. Henderson is known as the quietest person to ever go through Gainesville. Um, he just doesn't talk. So for Jacksonville Jaguars, an organization where people speak up, they get traded. You bring in a guy that is a perfect football and personality fit with what they're trying to do. I love this pick, even though it might be a little early. That is just one of those picks that's just, it makes too much sense. Um, Jacksonville at number nine gets C.J. Henderson cornerback out of Florida. Now we're up to 10, and the Cleveland Browns are on the clock. Now, Cleveland Browns, there's a couple different options they could go here, but I have them trading back. and it's I don't have Cleveland trading back because they want to. I have them trading back because another team has to jump up if they want the guy they're going to get. Okay, um, We are at pick 10, and no wide receivers have gone off the clock. Jerry Judy, who I think is the bell of the ball in this year's draft. He fits every single team. Uh, I have C.D. Lamb as my number one wide receiver, but he doesn't fit a lot of schemes. He doesn't fit the 49ers scheme very much. Could he go to San Francisco and perform? Yes, I do. I, I believe that 100%. But is he what Kyle, is he what is C.D. Lamb what Kyle Shanahan looks for in a wide receiver? No, he's not. Jerry Judy is what everybody looks for in a wide receiver. So, Here's the trade. The Oakland Raiders guaranteeing themselves that they will get the wide receiver that they want, jump up two spots. They leap the Jets, who have a clear need at wide receiver. They stop the Philadelphia Eagles from jumping way up, the 49ers, the Denver Broncos. Lots of teams want this kid. And if you want Jerry Judy, you've got to move up. Because believe me, he's not going to be available at 13. He's just not. And I know 49ers fans want him to be. And any mock draft that I've ever put out where Jer Jerry Judy doesn't go to the 49ers, he gets a terrible grade, that's okay. I'm telling you right now, if you want Judy, you got to move up. Problem is, 49ers don't have that much draft capital to do that, but the Raiders do. So they jump up from 12 to 10, and it costs them. They give up the number 12 and the number 91 overall pick. So they're giving up kind of a late third rounder just to move up two spots, but it's worth it for them. The Oakland Raiders get the wide receiver they want, Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. And if you are Cleveland Browns, you've got to be happy with this because you don't need a wide receiver. You know if Oakland jumps up, they're not taking O-line depth because that's just not they don't need it. Uh, they have their tackles of the future, and if you're the Cleveland Browns, you are hoping there's an offensive tackle that can fall. Well, guess what? There's two tackles left. You fall back two spots. It makes perfect sense. Now, next up at number 11, the other team in New York, the New York Jets. 
And, you know, Adam Gase, uh, again, one of those guys that's in, you know, contention for the worst GM slash coach in the NFL. And he gets an absolute gift by this trade that just happened between the Oakland Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. One of the four top tackles is there. Offensive tackle out of Alabama, Jedrick Wills, falls to the New York Jets, and they get him, and they are so happy about this. Yes, the Jets have gone out and brought in five new offensive linemen, but a lot of those guys are depth or low-tier starters in the NFL. Are they improvements over what the Jets had? Absolutely. Jedrick Wills, despite the struggle that the Alabama offensive linemen have had, lots of busts have been at that position outside of Ryan Kelly, the uh, center for the Colts. But uh, DJ Fluker, uh, I mean, there's so many different guys that you could go through there. Uh, Jedrick Wills, he's a great prospect, very, very athletic, and he's done a hell of a job in the SEC. Great pairing here. Can't wait to see uh, what would happen with him and the new coaching staff that will be brought in for the Jets next year after Adam Gase is fired. He's definitely got to go. Anyway, now the Browns are back on the clock. You know, they had a quick break. They were at 10, fell back two spots, picked up an extra third rounder. And there is one offensive tackle that is left. Why not pair him with his former running back, Nick Chubb, out of Georgia? Offensive lineman Andrew Thomas, who is a perfect fit in that scheme, goes number 12 to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they guarantee, they pick up an extra third rounder and get a top-tier offensive tackle that fits perfectly with what they're trying to do. This is a great move uh, by the Cleveland Browns, which is probably why they won't do this. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like this spot, and I just think it's a perfect fit there with what they're trying to do. Now, here we go. This is why you are here. Number 13, the very first pick for the 49ers of the first draft. They have two of them. So we're going to get another pick later on. Um, what do they do here? Uh, Jerry Judy's gone. Now on the board, you still have C.D. Lamb, and you still have Henry Ruggs. Both of those guys are viable options. I think Ruggs fits much more with the 49ers than C.D. Lamb does. Cornerbacks, you still got Christian Fulton. I think this is a little early for him, but he is a fit. Defensive tackles, you've got Javon Kinlaw still there, and you've got Derek Brown who somehow has fallen down the draft as well. Offensive tackles, I don't think there's an option here. Um, but what do you do here? There are some edge players. You have Caleb on chasing. Uh, your safety guys are all still there. Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit. Um, if you're into Winfield, I think this is a little early. Chin, a little early. But those are some options as well. Wide receiver. Uh, you know, we talked about C.D. Lamb and Ruggs. You also have Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims. Lots of guys that are still there. But I have this. And it's going to upset some people, but I don't care. If this situation presents itself and the 49ers are on the clock with Jerry Judy gone. Now, if Jerry Judy's there, that's the pick, but he's gone. I have the 49ers taken. Auburn defensive tackle Derek Brown and people just hug up on the <laughs> the thing. That's okay. I think that this is a great pairing. I really, really do believe that. Now, Derek Brown can play the one technique over the nose or the three. And he is probably the best run-stuffing defensive tackle that you could possibly have. He does not have the upper-tier pass-rushing ability of Kinlaw, but he is a much better run defender and much safer. Kinlaw is a boom-or-bust pick. I love Kinlaw, but I think Derek Brown offers something the 49ers have not had in a long time. He is a guy that can play the nose and the three technique, and he is a guy, again, if you want to force teams to throw the ball, 
uh, which I think is what the 49ers want to do above all. You get Derrick Brown in there, and day one, this team becomes an even better run-stopping defense than what they were the previous year. Now, is he better than Buckner? Hell no, he's not. No, absolutely not. But they're very different. Buckner was much more of a pass-rushing three-tech. This is much more of a run-stuffing one and three-tech. That's a hybrid position. So I have the 49ers um, going Derek Brown there. Now, before we move on uh, with the rest of our draft picks, I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, uh, thanks to Blue Wire Pods and BetOnline.ag. Here's the deal. With currently no NBA, NHL, MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partner has hundreds of sports, esports, events, and games to wager on. And here's the deal. Let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Head over there. It's open 24 hours a day all online, um, including their $750,000 poker series. So if you're into prop bets, entertainment betting, you can bet on uh, TV shows, weather, stock prices, all that stuff. So head over to betonline.ag and you're going to get a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit just be sure to use the promo code blue wire one word blue like the color wire bet online your online wagering expert those guys are there for you now let's jump back to our mock and we've got some excitement right off the bat you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock at 14 and what do they want to do you know they just got Tom Brady what do things look like they already have stud wide receivers you know, and so I think the best thing for them to do is try to field offers and see if somebody wants to jump up and grab one of these top tier wide receivers. So I have a team that is in desperate need for wide receivers, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles aren't picking till 21. So 21 jumping up to 14, that's a pretty big swing. But they're going to because they feel they have a Super Bowl-ready team now, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're in one of the worst divisions in sports. And so it's very easy to get in the playoffs, as we saw last year. And so they jump up 21-14. to 14. Here's what Tampa Bay is going to get. They're going to get pick number 21, number 85, and number 103. So, you know, you're looking at what they're getting. They're getting basically two third-round picks to try to jump up and get this spot. And so that's going to bring Tampa Bay some nice draft capital to kind of rebuild and to position around Tom Brady and try to make a run in these next two years. But Philadelphia, who's on the clock now at 14, they jump up and they are surprised that C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, who fits what they do perfectly, they take him number 14 overall, and the Eagles fans go nuts. Could you imagine a draft where the Eagles fans are happy? I can't either, but I think this would make them happy. Next up, number 15, the Denver Broncos. They are just enamored as well. There is still a wide receiver there. They pair up who I think Cortland Sutton is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL already. They're going to pair him up with a speedster, Henry Ruggs, Alabama wide receiver, and Cortland Sutton on the same team. If Drew Locke cannot be successful in that offense, then you know right away you got to get another quarterback. The midway point at pick 16. The Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. They need lots of help on defense. That defense is the only thing that is stopping them from making a playoff run. And... 
you know, this division, you look at the NFC East, um, I think is one of the weakest. The NFC West is the strongest. And the NFC South, I think, is right there behind it. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they've got to go get somebody that can defend these premier passing attacks. Um, and they go get cornerback out of LSU, Kristen Fulton. This is a huge home run swing. But if Kristen Fulton can stay healthy, and stay out of trouble, I think that he has as high a ceiling as any corner in this draft, and that's any, even Akuda. Um, but there is definitely some bust potential there. Next up, pick 17, the Dallas Cowboys. They've got a lot of holes to fill and not a lot of picks to get it done. But one of the premier talents falls to them. They are going to go defensive line, and they're going to get the defensive tackle out of South Carolina, Javon Kinlaw, which I hate to give him this player because he's such a good dude. Um, number 17, the Dallas Cowboys get Javon Kinlaw. Great pick for them. Now, the Washington Redskins are back on the clock. They have had a busy first day. They traded back from number 2 to 5. They picked up an extra first rounder and second rounder. They got Isaiah Simmons already. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to continue to build that defense. And they're going to get, in their mind, the number one safety. They get the Alabama safety, Xavier McKinley, which the Washington Redskins, their draft haul so far through the first round, Isaiah Simmons at five, and now they have McKinley at eight. You want to talk about putting the fear of God into offenses? That is awesome. They already have their two great edge players. Now you have a stud linebacker, and if you look all throughout um, what Ron Rivera did, he builds up the middle. It's what he does, and he gets that position there. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are back on the clock at pick number 20. They already got C.J. Henderson, cornerback, um, and what are they going to do here? And I think that they stay with this idea. They've lost a lot of talent. You know, they trade uh, Calais Campbell for a fifth rounder. I don't understand that, but they get an edge player here at 20 in a very shallow edge class. They're going to get... LSU defensive end Kayla Von Chasen at pick 20. And the Jacksonville Jaguars just sit back. They build their team up on defense. That's how they got to the AFC Championship about four years ago. And they try to restart that cycle again. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who fell back from pick 14 with the Eagles. Um, they fall back. And again, Tom Brady's there. What is it that they are missing? And this draft has some playmakers at the running back position. I think staying at 14 and taking a running back is way too rich, but you drop back to 21 and perhaps they could even drop back again. But I have them. They have their guy right here. They were able to get some extra picks that they can invest in quarterback maybe for the future when Tom Brady's not there. But this pick is about winning now. And they go running back out of Georgia. DeAndre Swift steps in immediately behind Tom Brady, and they finally get that every down running back that Bruce Arians loves. DeAndre Swift will be that guy, and for all you fantasy football guys, this is going to be the number one pick in the draft, the 1.01 in Dynasty uh, mock drafts and all that stuff. DeAndre Swift, right behind Tom Brady, goes to Tampa Bay at 21. Now, let's keep this moving. Pick 22. Um, we've got a couple different guys here. Now, this is interesting. This was the Buffalo Bills pick. They traded this. This is the DeAndre, uh, sorry, the Diggs, Stefan Diggs trade. And so now, what is Minnesota going to do? Because now they have a hole at wide receiver. They've lost lots of defensive tackles. Uh, there's Yuturi Gross Matos that is a fit here. There's lots of wide receivers. Denzel Mims, Justin Jefferson's available. There's cornerbacks that they could try to take, but most of the corners are gone. 
So what do they do? They go straight after a guy that is the antithesis of Stefan Diggs. He's not a complainer. He's not a guy that's going to put his business out there. He's just a quarterback's best friend that catches everything that comes his way. You get the wide receiver out of LSU, Justin Jefferson. That will be a perfect fit in that scheme. And he just steps in day one with the mouth closed and just continues to perform. Caught everything from Burrow. uh, Had a great year. And I think this is a perfect fit opposite of Adam Thielen. Next up is the New England Patriots. What is it that they are going to do? There are a lot of, you know, do they expect the quarterback to actually stay put? Do they go do something cr- uh, crazy? You know, there's Jordan Love that's available here. There's defensive players that they could get. What do they do? I've got a freaking curveball here. And, you know, people want to talk about the connection between, you know, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in Alabama. He loves Alabama players. They are always very, very close to each other. And he picks a former Alabama player. And I, I love this pick. I don't think it, it, it's 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 kind of crazy one, but why not? The New England Patriots take a quarterback that used to play for Alabama, Jalen Hurts. Fill it up in my mentions, the comments. Tell me how dumb I am. I believe in it. Uh, but I think that this would be a very fun pick, and it makes sense. Is it early for Jalen Hurts? Yes. I have a third-round grade on him. But Belichick marches by the beat of his own drum. And if he could prove to everybody that he can win with Jalen Hurts, um, who's you know immeasurables, you know all the you know the headspace and the leadership and the attitude and all the work ethic he has in spades. It's just accuracy. That's kind of the issue he has. But you coach him up. You give you know your quarterback that you drafted out of Auburn a chance, Jared Stidham. But Jalen Hurts, I think, would be a perfect fit there. At pick twenty four, I think one of the more complete rosters in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints. Uh, they don't have a lot of needs, and they just went out and signed Emmanuel Sanders. But I still think that they are still a wide receiver away. This is a perfect fit here. I have the New Orleans Saints taking Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. And the 49ers grimace again. I know a lot of 49ers fans love this kid. Uh, very hard worker. Um, lots of upside with them. But, you know, this is going to be huge because you have Mims that can play this year as the number three. And then when Emmanuel Sanders leaves, he can become that number two opposite of Michael Thomas. Back on the clock, the Minnesota Vikings, who have two first-round picks, picks number 22 and 25. They already got Justin Jefferson. Now what are they going to do? They are able to fill another huge need. Um, you know, they both they had two defensive linemen that were kind of those edge-slash-defensive ends in the 3-4 schemes, hybrid guys, and they get Penn State defensive end, who I like a lot. Yeter Gross Matos steps in day one and gets a start there. So their draft hall includes Justin Jefferson at wide receiver and a defensive end, Gross Matos. Uh, they get their talent there. Pick number 26, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock after trading up. Um, you know, they got Tua Tonga Vailoa. They got their quarterback. Now what are they going to do? They're going to address the opposite side. And they're going to go get a safety, a playmaking ball Talking safety, Grant Delpit, LSU safety at pick number 26. Um, You know, they lost Rashad Jones. They traded away Mika Fitzpatrick. Why not? You got to replace him, get somebody in there, build for the future. Grant Delpit, I think this is kind of the sweet spot where he'll go. It's a possibility he could fall towards the third, uh, the second round, the early second round, but I think this is just a perfect fit. You just sit back and you get a playmaking safety that you can kind of coach up your defense um, and just be that kind of coach on the back end. 
Pick number 27 in the team that nobody can predict, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you never know what they could do. Uh, they love running backs no matter how many they have. They love wasting first-round picks on high upside talent. What they should do is go offensive line. Uh, I don't know why they don't believe in offensive linemen, but they go with a home run swing here, and I really like this player. I think that his top-end talent, his ceiling is huge. And so I have the Seattle Seahawks taking offensive lineman out of Houston, Josh Jones. And I think a lot of people are going to have a first-round grade on this kid because he has not yet reached his full potential. And when you watch tape of him versus the best, whatever, he finally gets to play against Big 12 competition, he lives up to the competition. Uh, he is a top-tier player, and I think he's just right outside those top four offensive tackles. Uh, this is a huge need here and upside pick, which they love. So I, I like that pick there. The freaking Baltimore Ravens are on the clock, and they just got the crazy news that Marshawn Yonda has decided to move on one of the greatest offensive guards in NFL history, let alone the past decade. And so who is the best guard in this draft? And I don't think there's any debate about it. It depends on if you need a center or if you need a guard. I think the best guard, and I don't think that this kid's going to make it out of the first round. I really, really don't. Offensive guard out of Ohio State, Jonah Jackson. You watch his film, and you just say, wow, over and over and over again. Now, a lot of teams don't like offensive guards that can't play center. The Ravens are not that team. They are a power-running scheme. Um, with the quarterback mobility and all that stuff, he fits in exactly right where Marshawn, Marshall Yonda left off. This is a perfect pick for Baltimore. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to drop back a couple of spots, but this is a perfect fit. I really do think um, this is how Jonah Jackson will sneak into the first round. Pick number 29, as we are getting close to winding this down, the Tennessee Titans. Um, they are on the board, and there's a couple different ways they could go, but this is a team. The Titans don't really have a lot of holes. You look all the way across their team, and you constantly say they are solid with depth. Now, they don't have a lot of top-end players, but they don't miss on a lot of picks either. And they get a guy that is just a football player. Where you're going to play them, defensive tackle, defensive end, outside rush, that's still up for debate. But defensive end out of Iowa, A.J. Epinesa, this guy can play football, and that's what they want there. They want guys that can play football that are the tough, old-school type players. I think that he steps in, works into that D-line rotation, especially on base downs. A.J. Epinesa, I think he's a little bit more of a DT than a D end, but you can find a place for this guy because he's just a baller. Uh, at pick 30, the Green Bay Packers are up on the clock and they've got to do something at wide receiver. I, this is a deep wide receiver class. They're sitting there at pick 30, and I think that there's a guy that kind of fits what they like. And they go with a big bodied wide receiver. Um, T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson, goes number 30 to the Green Bay Packers. Um, get somebody opposite of your true number one and Devontae Adams and try to create, allow Aaron Rodgers, while he's still willing and dealing, to go do something about it. Now, the 49ers are back on the clock. Oh, yeah. They got the stud Derek Brown, who I have as a top four overall player. Um, they got him uh, with their 13th pick, and now they're sitting at 31. Now, there's some players that are definitely available at this time. You know, you look at the wide receiver position, there are guys there. Jalen Rager, uh, I, I think, 
this is kind of the spot where he could go. LaVisca Chenault, uh, you got Brandon Ayuk, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, there's a handful of guys that you could see that might belong in this position. Now, you jump down to cornerback. I think there's a couple guys there as well. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Jeff Gladney, AJ Terrell, uh, Bryce Hall. I think that those are guys. Now, you safety people, it's still Anton Winfield's there, Jeremy Chin's there, Kyle Duggar's there. Those are options. Um, interior offensive linemen. You know, you've got Cesar Ruiz there. Austin Jackson is a possible offensive tackle that could play right guard and then move on to uh, left tackle when Staley leaves. Those are some options. But 49ers fans know this. They don't have a second-round pick. They don't have a third-round pick. They don't have a fourth-round pick. So once you get into this tier, if there's not an immediate need, then you fall back. Um, and I think that there are teams that would like to trade up to get into this spot because you get that fifth-year deal, possibly for a quarterback. But as I said before, eh, there's not that many quarterback-needy teams anymore. So I have the 49ers falling back, but not too far. Um, it, some of the people want the 49ers to fall back really far, but I'm not seeing that. The 49ers find a trade with the New York football giants, and they fall back just five spots. So they're at 31. They're going to fall back to pick 36, and they're going to pick up numbers one, uh, the number 110 pick. So you fall back five spots, but you pick up an early fourth rounder. Obviously, you want a second and a third, but whenever you're only falling back five spots from 31 to 36, you're not going to get that as well. Now, if we look at the trade value chart, um, the 49ers 31 pick is worth 600. The Giants, again, this is the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, which actually holds up relatively well. Uh, for quarterback trades in the top 10, it does not. But rest of the trades, every single NFL team uses this as a reference and a starting point. Um, so I think you want to put that into effect here. So the 49ers 31st pick, 600 points. The Giants 36, that's worth 540. And then their 110 is 74. So the Giants are overpaying just a little bit. But I think for that extra fifth-year option, it makes sense. Now, who are the Giants jumping up for? They want a stud, old-school coach of their defense that can step in right away, and they get the linebacker out of Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. Now, stay tuned, 49ers fan. I'm going to tell you who the 49ers are going to get at 36. We're going to, we're going to finish that out. But the Giants, again, they give up the number 36, their second rounder, and the number 110, an early fourth rounder. The 49ers get a little bit more wiggle room in the draft, and they're probably still going to get a guy that they'd like because they're only moving back five spots. Now, the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, are sitting there at 32. They have their pick at a handful of things, but I think there's only one thing that they're really missing, and that's a running back. I have them taking Jonathan Taylor, and I understand he's got a lot of carries and all that stuff, but the window is open now for the Chiefs, and you need somebody that can play right now. Jonathan Taylor, even though he has so many carries with Wisconsin, I don't care. He fits what they want to do, that big-time explosive running back that can take it anytime. I think that's a perfect fit for them. Now, we're going to skip picks 33 through 35, and we're going to jump in our last pick of this podcast. Thank you if you're still with us. Hopefully you have enjoyed this. The 49ers are back on the clock at 36. Um, almost all of those players are still there. I had uh, cornerback go off the board and Trayvon Diggs. He is gone. Uh, so there's still some wide receiver options in Jalen Rieger, and there's still an offensive tackle and Austin Jackson out of USC that I think would be a perfect fit. But the 49ers want to win now. 
And if you want somebody that can win now at a premier position that Kyle Shanahan values so much, I understand they signed Ben Garland, who started in the Super Bowl at the center position. They go get offensive line, utility guy, and one of the most fun players to watch on film. He can play center. He can play both guard spots. He can do it all. They get the 49ers at the 36th overall pick, take Caesar Ruiz, offensive uh, guard and center. He would start center, I think, day one. Um, I think he'd step up and just instantly improve this team. And that's going to do it for our first-round mock draft. Now, if you look at the 49ers, gosh, you talk about building through the trenches. They get two interior linemen, Derek Brown at 13, who, again, making that defense even more stout. And then you get Cesar Raziz, who's going to play opposite of him at the offensive center position. You get two quality starters, uh, which is what you want. And I think that this is one of those things you look at the issues the 49ers had in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they teams target wherever DeForest Buckner wasn't. Whoever that one tech was, that's who they'd go after. And then if you look in the opposite side, Chris Jones, he took advantage of the guard center um, consistently in the Super Bowl. And so I think you address those things and you improve your team from the inside out. Um, I really like these picks. I understand there's going to be people that are upset, uh, but that's why we do this. Again, uh, with where we started... The whole thing goes back to, man, if you want to piss people off, just do um, just do a mock draft. There's no way you can make everybody happy. And I understand everybody has us taking wide receivers everywhere, but uh, you're allowed to, in these mock drafts, try to play a little. Try to figure out, man, what would it look like if we did do this? What does our starting groups look like? Um, and I really like this. With a deep wide receiver class, and now we have a pick in the early fourth round, I think you're going to be able to get somebody that could step in and help. Now, are they the top-tier playmaker that Henry Ruggs is? No. But um, you kind of play back and forth with these mock drafts, and hopefully you enjoy this. Just a fun little exercise and to, to jump out there and see what this would look like. Now, if you if you hate these results of getting Derek Brown and Cesar Ruiz, that's okay. Uh, 49ers didn't do that. But figure out why you don't like this and what you would like better. Uh, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed this. As always, please rate, review the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with some more, as always. But until that time, stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.